What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a 20-year tribute for the debut album of Jill Scott. Who is Jill Scott? Words and Sounds Volume 1. This was released July 18th, 2000, I believe. That sounds right. And <laughs> we are joined by a special guest, a very good friend of mine, Haz Minya. How are you doing? Hey, hey. And so... um. Before we get started on this episode, just want to remind all of our listeners to like and subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating. We could use that. And if you enjoy it, try to spread the word. Um, You guys know where you can find us. But yeah, I think this is a a special episode because this is the first time we've done a dedicated episode to an R&B album. Is that correct? That sounds right. Yeah. And are we considering this R&B? Are we considering this Neo Soul? What are we we doing? I'd say it's Neo Soul, personally. I don't know what you're saying. I think it's Neil So. Neil So we should have done this for D'Angelo's Voodoo album. I know that that's an, an album that you, Yinka, hold in very high regard, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That came out in, I want to say, February of 2000. Mm-hmm. And in February of this year, there was a lot going on. I was coming back from New Zealand. I was still moving into my house. Right. We had the Supreme clientele. It was just, it just got lost. So. Yeah, I think yeah. that one actually it even might be worth doing a twenty-one year just because um, we could do that. I think a lot of people kind of hold that as like the the beginning of like neo soul as an actual genre yeah. that we talk about, which is crazy because we had Erica before that, right? But, and we had but, Brown Sugar before that. Facts, but we didn't yeah. have like a I guess a phrase or, or a word for it uh, prior to to the D'Angelo. So I mean, I guess this is right. You know, in that the early yeah. beginnings of what we're really calling shaping the neo soul genre. Okay, all right. So, Haz, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I know it might Please. be putting you on the spot, but <laughs> well, I I consider myself to be an ultimate creative. I'm mm-hmm. a graphic designer slash art director by day, curator, producer, baker, uh, and a words, wordsmith. Wordsmith, yes. yes. I'm a self-proclaimed wordsmith. That's why I'm really excited about talking about this album today. But that's that's basically me. So I picked Haas to do this because obviously, you know, she and I, along with Yinka and I, we talk a lot about music, but she and I talk a lot about music. And um, she used to do these open mics. She had her own called Wordplay, which is still kind of off and on sometimes. You know, we're on hiatus. We'll see what happens. Still has the brand. But before that, you were also part of the the Versus uh, open mic, which in my opinion was the best open mic Absolutely. in D.C. You can tell us a little bit about that. Actually, I can. And today is uh, Lorna's birthday. Lorna okay. actually passed away. Yes, rest um, But Versus, I would say, I know that I'm not from the D.C. area, but I can honestly say that it had a very strong presence when it was when it was active. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of the vibe that we saw in that environment, mm-hmm. a lot of that vibe, you could you could tell from this album and albums like Voodoo and albums like Mama's Gun. So uh, Haas is yeah. going to be on here to talk with us about that today. So why don't you just start us off with uh, telling us where you were when you first heard this album? What were you, where, where was your head at? What were you listening to? So I was in high school and I actually received this as a birthday gift from my high school best friend. And so I wasn't writing yet, um, but this album became the blueprint for how I approached writing poetry and then later performing it, especially in the verses environment. Okay. Mm. What uh? What else were you listening to at that time? I was listening to radio hits. Um, 
I know Neo Soul, it was kind of like simmering or it was, it was I guess, beginning. But um, so I was very much into whatever the radio hits were at the time. What was that, 2000? So what was that? We had what, Nelly, Ludacris, Jay-Z, I'm yeah. sure. I dabbled with that, you know, obviously with my friends in high school. But when I went home, I was listening to words and sounds. Okay. So if somebody if somebody had asked you, you know, I guess prior to you receiving this album as a gift, like who's your favorite artist? Like who was on your binder? Who what, whose posters did you have up in your room if you if you did that type of thing? Oh, it was, it was Erica. Erica. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Erica and D'Angelo, and I and yeah, I was okay. introduced to them when I was living overseas. So okay. music came to me a little differently. It was a little delayed, but those were the albums that I latched on to. Well, Yinka can relate to that because you were overseas as well. Were you overseas yeah. at this time, Yinka? I was, and I mean, I think okay. you know that's kind of me and me and Outlaw have kind of talked about this a bit off mic, but you know, my where were you is so I guess different from the perspective of like I never received this album like when it was out. So, okay. um, I mean, I lived in Brussels at the time. I was uh, going to high school in Brussels. And, um, you know, it. We, we got a little bit of the neo-soul movement, I think. You know, like, it was, it was funny because it's like I have this gap of, like, black popular culture of, like, this two-year gap of when I was away because things had to be so mainstream and so big just to make it to my purview. So, mm -hmm. you know, we talked we talked about this with like Mob Deep. I'm this huge Mob Deep fan. And then Mob Deep kind of has this era where people people talk about like they sold out. But like I didn't experience that cuz I cuz their songs weren't big enough to really make it to like huge mainstream and right. the, it, you know, so the, the the this whole mainstream Mob Deep thing, I never experienced it. Um and similar with, you know, with this neo soul movement like when Jill Scott came out, you know, like I, I knew, I knew about Golden. You know, I knew that there was an artist called Jill Scott. I heard that song before, but like, okay. I never heard this album. And Music Soul Child was probably the only artist, other than D'Angelo, who we all knew. He had the naked ass video, and all the women were were were, <laughs> were drooling about him. So we knew about him. But you know, besides music, like the rest of these artists didn't really permeate this huge mainstream that I would have needed to really engage with it. So the where was I was like. I was around, but this wasn't even in my rotation. Mm -hmm. So wait, so when did you engage with Badu? So I, again, right, um, I engaged with Tyrone, right, obviously. Okay. Um, and yeah, yeah, and that was, you know, I had like a visceral response to it, right? Because like, it's <laughs> like, oh yeah, get your shit and get out of my house. Like, oh man, get out of here, yo. Like, who's this, <laughs> who's this doo doobie rap chick throwing throwing this dude's shit out on the, on the, on the street? But uh. Yeah, you know, so like I, I I experienced Badu, but again, it wasn't it wasn't my tribe, it wasn't my sound. We talked about that in in terms of sound bombing, right? Like when I heard mm -hmm. sound bombing and when I heard most deaf and Talib Kweli and these people, that that like endeared me in a way where I heard myself represented in music and in in art. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that the 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 nexus or the 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 initiation of the neo soul movement, I don't think I necessarily felt like oh, this is my tribe, this is my sound. So I didn't really engage with it in that way until later, you know, okay. probably college. So how about you? Where I got you? you. So I am a junior or just finishing up my junior year in high school. And where I was, I think the first time I heard Jill Scott was actually that spring because It's Love was released as a single in D.C. Right. And if you look on the Wikipedia, <laughs> It's Love is not even listed as a single. Right. But my understanding at the time 
It's love as a single went platinum in DC alone. I, I think believe it. That's I think that's what I heard yeah. at the time. So I'm going off of memory here. Yeah. But I mean, obviously DC is a huge go-go town. Right, right. And we all heard this woman from Philadelphia doing a go-go song right. that was in our mind was a commercial song because it's like, oh, <laughs> someone who's not from our city, and even though I'm not from DC, but you know, the DMV area, right. someone's from not from our city is is putting this single out and it's dope as shit i mean yo that that joint was on the radio all the time not I'm just sure. in the go-go section but just period and yeah. there was there was no video for it because it wasn't i guess an official single yeah but we had it on the airwaves all the time so that mm. was my first experience with joe scott so you know if you're familiar with this podcast you know that around this time i'm still probably listening to ghostface killer supreme clientele i'm still <laughs> listening to common mm -hmm. you know um like waterford chocolate which right. It's not one of my favorite albums, but that was still on, like, that was still in my rotation. Right, right. And so Jill Scott comes out. And, you know, the D'Angelo, I didn't actually buy that album. My brother mm -hmm. did, but I never really, like, digested that one until a little bit later. So, I, yeah. you know, I was listening to that here and there, but I mean, you know, the, the, that single, It's Love, was definitely in my rotation. So when the, when the, by the time this comes out, Mm -hmm. um, I think she has several singles out that actually have videos. Like, I made sure to cop this. And we were listening to this all the time. Right. So that's just kind of where I was. And I think for me, it's important to say that, like, I have never really been the biggest R&B head. Um, you know, I got into, like, you know, Soul For Real, TLC, Boys To Men a little bit. And that was all me. Okay. <laughs> I, I got into that stuff a little bit. But once I really got into, like, hip-hop for real... I just didn't really care too much. I mean, I think the only R&B album I really fucked with at the time, um, I did have the Brown Sugar album, but that was gifted to me. But was the uh, was probably like Janet Jackson, Velvet Rope. Even Listen. though I didn't have it, it has so many singles on it that I, I fucking love it. But like, when we talk about like Total and like that- You're, you're actually jogging my memory, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, I'm gonna some things. When we talk about like Total and Escape and 702 yeah. and like Aaliyah, like I Brandy, like I wasn't really into that. Mary J. Uh -huh. I, I have respect for what I heard on the radio, but like I did not buy those albums. I did not sit and listen to them. So for me to branch out and at the time yeah. buy an R&B album was yeah. huge for me. Mm. So yeah, this is this was a pretty big deal for me. So yeah. that's where I was. I think it's interesting that it's love was a big single mm -hmm. when you started listening for me it was a long walk and i went okay. to school in stafford so i went to north stafford so mm. we weren't quite dc mm -hmm. you know there are obviously people who tried to claim dc <laughs> but I, I think we stayed more on the other side of, of the cuts um did you get go-go go though we did get go-go all right if you yeah, got go-go yeah, yeah. then you can claim it from, yeah, from yeah. a sonic perspective <laughs> So yeah, I think I think you know agreed with the with the with the memory jog right. Like I think for me personally, I was this hip hop head. I was trying to rap. I was trying to do all this stuff. And I think this kind of came in a time frame where I have a younger brother who's two years younger than me. And so you know this is kind of my brother finding his own. You know from being like my little brother, we do everything together. He does everything just like me to like. You know, okay, I wanna, I wanna have my own identity and, and do different stuff. So I feel like, you know, my brother got really heavily into R&B as I started to get heavier into into hip hop. And so, you know, but he he was more, you know, Ruffins and and Jimmy Cozier and you know oh, like the these wow, dudes okay. who, who was wearing the you know Donnell Jones, but that you know yeah. the dudes the dudes yeah, who, was, yeah, yeah. who was trying to look flashy and talk about the girls. I don't yeah. think that like the neo soul artist was was kind of more his 
his thing. But for some mm-hmm. reason, Music Soul Child was who he gravitated to. And I remember him I bringing, um, what's the joint with where he starts with the beatbox? Just Friends? Yeah, that's the main yeah, one. Yeah. That was the first, that was the first Music I just Soul wanted, Child I just want to know your name, right? I thought it was just friends. I think it's just friends. Whatever. That's in the hook. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, because he he brought it to me because he's beatboxing, right? So it's like, oh, but the right. beatboxing is hip hop. Boom, I hear it. I'm like, oh, this is amazing, and I become you know a music soul child fan. But yeah, so again, right, like similar to you, outlaw. I think you know to set the stage of the way things were. I almost feel like a lot of us like real hip hop heads had like right. this. Oh, R&B, like, oh, Neo Soul, they over there. I think Neo Soul was a little more endeared because it it, it came out of hip-hop in a way that felt, like, really right. organic. But, yeah. like, R&B was like, oh, those R&B guys over there. We like real hip-hop. You know what I mean? And so for me, I, I always forget about Voodoo because, like I said, I didn't buy Voodoo. But mm. I always attribute this as, like the first Neo Soul album. Like I don't I don't even consider Mama's Gun a Neo Soul album. Really? And Haas and I, yes, we've had we've had that. disagreements we've, about this. We've in the had past. we've had intense conversations. But for me, this is the one that always like sets the stages like yo, Neo Soul is a an official genre mm-hmm. and this is an official Neo Soul album, right? Um now maybe maybe Voodoo, you could say the same for Voodoo, but like yeah. I just don't I just my head doesn't go to voodoo first. My head goes to here first. And I yeah. think that the reason why Neo Soul initially, the way I, the way I gravitated to it, towards mm-hmm. it is because I felt that that was R&B music for the hip hop yeah. heads. Yep, yep. Right? And so because, you know, you've got most stuff on here. You've got right. the spoken word poetry on here. Yep. You've got roots like all over this. Exactly. So it's like, it's like, oh, all right, cool. Like this is an R&B for us. Right. Same so, with voodoo, you know, right? Like you got right, Method Man and right. Red Man on it. You got right. Jay Dilla doing, you know, it's like, right. that's hip hop. So Quest it, it, love, you know, right. Right, right. Yeah. But anyway. So what's the, uh, the the critical reception that you all remember from this album? Honestly, I don't. I don't remember because I. Oh yeah, because you you were you were away. Yeah, I was away, so I was. So let me let me start off then with the critical reception from at least from, I guess musically, and then from my peers. Um, I remember, you know, if you look at the wiki, it got pretty much high marks across the board. Um, not perfect all around, but pretty much you know B plus A. Right. I think that this was a very very well received album, um, mm-hmm. not just from the musical perspective, but the fact that like Jill Scott could fucking sing her ass off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was at a time when that was starting to become less important. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love Mary J. Blige, queen of hip hop soul, no doubt. You will not hear me say like a negative word about her music. But right. like singing, I don't think that anybody would ever say vocally, like that's like her strong suit. We, she wouldn't we say that. So. We just don't say that. We don't, but, but, we don't talk about the voice. We talk about the feeling. But that's the point. <laughs> but that's but, the point. But though, right? Jill herself has even said that, right? Like I was yes. listening to her on Questlove's podcast, and you right. know, she was saying like she did not want to sing, and she did not, she did not see herself as like a singer. And she was talking about how you know, essentially, um, Jazzy Jeff like told her like, "Yo, like you have something here. Like you need to do this." And she, she was like, "Yo, I'm like this ain't this ain't me. This ain't my thing." You know what I mean? So. Right. So you know, Jill Scott. I, yeah, I just, I just think that the 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 voice was was a really pivotal thing um, because I think that when she came out, I mean, was anyone else really messing with her vocally? I don't know that there was a comparison, like R and B wise. Exactly. I it think it was had the more aesthetic. of a poppy, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't like nobody was like, "Oh my God, her voice is blowing me away." I mean, right. you know, with the exception of the the Lazelle joint, right? Like, right. there there were people were like, "Oh, her voice," but it was just like. This whole like every woman aesthetic 
right. like you know beat poetry aesthetic is is something different like it's just different i think that's what people liked about her i got you so uh, amongst my peers this was also another one that was very well received obviously because the it's love single which we talked about but in right. general this was the one that i remember a lot of my friends were listening to and mm. if you're going to talk about the musical music soul child i want to say his single probably came out around this time around too. this time yeah and that was also very popular so it was very mm. clear to us that this was like a vibe oh this is like a movement that's happening mm -hmm. um and i think initially my peers probably didn't even include d'angelo into that but probably eventually did as well. Yeah. I'm just talking about my peers. Right. But um, that was a critical reception that I remember. Can either of you guys, though, remember any critical receptions from where you were? I can just add to it that, you know, um, I do I do remember, like you said, you know, kind of this becoming its own camp. Not one mm -hmm. that I was familiar with folks that was in it, but it, it kind of becoming its own camp. The other thing I remember is just from the perspective of me being like a music nerd, I remember hearing about this hidden beach recordings thing and I'm like yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. what is this and then like there's just these rumors that like Michael Jordan it's like Michael Jordan's label and he had sponsored it and all this stuff so like as a Michael Jordan fan I was just like who who is this record label that Michael Jordan is behind and and I think I had you know interest from Jazz who I knew as you know Jazzy Jeff from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Michael right. Jordan so I'm like Michael Jordan and Jazzy Jeff are putting something out. What like what is this? I think we we had interest from the industry perspective that was outside of even the musical perspective. Now that's this album. What what music is that in particular? Because this is so, news to me. So this label, Hidden Beach Recordings, um, I think Jill Scott might be the first big gotcha, artist that gotcha, they pushed gotcha. on Hidden Beach Recordings, and Hidden Beach Recordings was a fairly new, uh, you know, label that I guess was. Somehow backed by Jazzy Jeff with the touch of jazz. Those are the, the folks that did the music. And then, you know, they pushed Jill Scott as this artist that's on Hidden Beach, which yeah. I, I ended up hearing later was he Michael Jordan just financially backed it. Like he wasn't, he wasn't right, going right, right. like, oh, yo, I want I want to hear that beat. Like he wasn't AR and yeah. people's shit, but he put the music up uh for or the money up gotcha, for the for gotcha, the music. Gotcha. So when you said hidden beach, I thought you meant hidden beats, but yeah, hidden beach. Oh, okay, hidden yeah. beach recordings. Yeah, yeah. This the the Michael Jordan investment piece is still news to me, but yeah, I yeah. I just looked that up on Wikipedia, and yeah, he is listed <laughs> as an investor, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so let's just get into the uh, general highlights, general lowlights. Are there any lowlights to this album? Either one of you? I got one low light. Go ahead. My low light is. Um, you know, and I don't remember what song it is off the top of my head, but there's a song where Jill is is listing um, cities, Rome and Paris and this, and then she says Japan and Africa. It just really, oh. really bothers me, especially <laughs> on something that's so Afrocentric. When we right. talk about Africa like it's a city, like that just really, really yeah. bothers me. But it's a personal, it's a personal about. thing. But anyway, uh, no, I feel you. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's that. That's legit. Yeah. That's one of those things where I think that. We as Black Americans at the time, I I don't know how well how well educated we were on Africa even mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I would like to think that that would be something that she wouldn't say instead of saying Africa. Mm -hmm. She might say like instead of even saying Kenya, she might say like Mombasa or Nairobi or yeah. like. I mean, Cape even if she had said Kenya to go with Japan, I just feel like yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it shows <laughs> how our our Eurocentric education. Yes. educates us I that agree. there are cities in in Europe and in America and then right. Asia is like countries and then Africa is just this it's monolith you know what i mean yeah i feel you i feel <laughs> you. do you have any uh, general lowlights i think as much as i love the spoken word 
part of it. I think towards the end of the album, I think it was like by the time I got to like watching me, mm. I was kind of cool on it. It was like, okay. all right. <laughs> I mean, I probably would appreciate that track more so now considering sure. all the things that are going on, but it, sure. it just felt so heavy. I was in high school, so I was like, eh, it's too much. Right. So to add to that, I think at the time I was actually cool with it. Yeah. And Haas knows this about me. I'm not the biggest fan of a spoken He's word. He's not. But at the time, I was. I was into that finger snapping and whatever. Like, I, I, w- I was into all that Yo, shit. Yo, Haas so is, think- like, giving him the death stare right now. Y'all not seeing it. It's actually really funny. <laughs> so at the time, I, I did like it. And it. I think the reason why I grew out of it is because... I went to several different open mics in the city. This is before Versus. Mm-hmm. This is before Versus. And they all had the same format. And you always had some motherfucker up there giving some sex rhyme. I'll put your <laughs> right. pussy on a platter. And like everyone goes, woo, woo, woo. And I'm like, yo, I'm over this, yo. I heard the same thing, but just phrased yeah, in a different way hilarious. last week. And all this fucking pretentious vibe, like folks going out there to this scene to be seen and not to actually appreciate the art. Facts. And, you know, I think that listening back on the on those aspects of the album now, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, eh, it's whatever. But at the mm-hmm. time, I really kind of fucked with it because I hadn't yeah. really heard too much stuff like that before. So I was really digging yeah. it. But I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, that's that's valid, your, yeah. your perception of this scene, because that's pretty accurate. <laughs> the, just yeah. real quick, the, the thing about Versus that made it so dope is that, first of all, it was in, it's in the basement, right? But Behemoth this, Caverns. The, the whole room is dark, except the stage. So if you're going out there to look cute, like no one's going to see you. You know what I mean? So you, you're you going out there Good to point. appreciate the art every time. Good and point. how I was going to test it is the house band was fire. I was going to say the house band definitely brought it up to a new level. So Facts. someone would get up on Facts. that. Someone would get up on the stage and they would start like doing a poet, uh, like some some piece. And yeah. if the band could figure out a way to rock with it, they would just start coming up with music. And I, I, several times I saw someone performing and all of a sudden they're like looking around and like, Okay, I got a bop now. <laughs> All right, well let me let me put a little, some some swing on it. So it was just a dope vibe. So I completely agree with you, and I, I it's funny that you say that because I I wouldn't have even picked that that up. I guess because that wasn't why I was there, but I but I I've been there with right. dudes that was about that. And it's yeah. funny because if you're trying to get that off, like you said, like it's it's not that type of it environment. Work that and so like, it doesn't work that like I feel like the only place you really can do that is actually at the bar, right? So yeah, yeah, it encourages yeah. people to have to buy drinks, right? Because it's like, if you're trying to do this whole like, oh, I'm going to get a chick here, I'm going to roll up. Like the only place that's like lit well enough for you to actually even see somebody is the bar. Uh, but right. yeah, definitely. That was, a, that was a dope environment. I think to double down on your point about watching me, if I listened to it through my ears, my 2000 ears, I would have I would have hated this song. I'd have been like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would have been like, this is some like conspiracy theory. Right. Oh my god, the government shit that I that I'm not vibing with. But now <laughs> in 2020 lenses with yes, with you yes, know our yes. data being sold by every company to the highest right. bidder and all this stuff like right. this song is like perfect in terms of what's going on. So yeah. So I don't have any general lowlights. There are some songs that are probably low lights to me that when I went back to listen to it, I actually forgot they were on the album. I was like, wait, what the yeah. fuck is this? Really? Um, but we can get into that I later. Well, actually, I, I would make ahead, it shorter. That's it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't recall there being all these tracks. <laughs> Maybe because I had like my, my solid few that I had in the rotation, but. Yeah, I think back then though, right? Like 
you that that's how they made albums right you made them really yeah. long people kind of skip through to the songs that were their highlights and then you know you might have an accidental road trip or something where you're you, you just you leave it on and you're like oh shit track seven is crazy i didn't even i never heard this before but <laughs> it's like that kind of album i i think for me the only the only, it, it doesn't start to matter to me until you get to track number 14 which is actually quite Agreed. a long ways into it. Agreed. But Agreed. I mean like the the first I mean shit like it's got it's got however many tracks on here. It's got 18 tracks on here. Yeah. Or there's there's some hidden ones so that's a little I think I think it's 18. But it's yeah. not until track 14 where I actually start to realize just how long this album is. That's, and that is one is a magic number. That is a fact and, actually. It, because it's jarring, right? Like yeah. when like when the, like, the the, the music this? comes on at 14 and she starts speaking Spanish, you're just like, "Wait, what Wait, is this? What is this? <laughs> and then it's and like, okay, this is a long ass album. <laughs> it's it's a beat that belongs on a Busta Rhymes album, not on a Jill Scott album. You know what I mean? So I was like, I, you know, I didn't really like the song then. I forgot about it. I never, I skipped yeah. it over it. And when I was listening to it now, I was like, wait, what is this? I was like, I don't know this song. And then right. after that, that's when I started to realize, I was like, wow, like, this, is a, this, this is a lot of tracks. Yo, how? But it's good stuff. What are your thoughts on that song? <sighs> <laughs> okay, so we have a low light then. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, maybe a couple. And I, I was going to say it's really unfortunate because they come after Slowly Shirley. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we get to the highlights, I think her interludes yeah. are dope. And they're pretty much on the cusp of, ooh, I wish this was an actual song. So yeah, the yeah. fact that Slowly Shirley was such a dope, like, little intermission. And yeah. then you go into One is the Magic Number and then Watching Me. It's like, yeah. oh, come on. Yeah. I think had this kid right into Watching Me, maybe, maybe Watching Me would have had a better effect but I, either way though i think the first i guess 13 tracks is like it runs so smoothly together Agreed. and we'll just go ahead and 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 talk general highlights here i mean yeah. that is definitely a highlight for yes. me it's just you know it's this is a really strong collection of music and yeah. it blends really really yes. well together when you listen to it so yeah. i mean that's definitely one of my initial highlights um mm -hmm. do you guys have any other like general highlights before we get into the track for track I mean, for me, again, the intermissions were cool, the interludes, because you don't, I just didn't expect them to be so, like, I always wanted more, even though mm -hmm. I knew it was only a few minutes. Um, yeah. The sequencing of the first part of the album was pretty dope. Yeah. Jill Tro is still, like, I thought that was dope. Mm -hmm. Do You Remember is so beautiful, mm -hmm. and it sets the tone for the entire album, and it's just, it's, it's just sublime. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Yinka, general general highlights. I have another one that I'll, I'll mention, but I want to get you. I agree first. with what you said. Uh, that the 13 track run is just is just incredible. I I almost wish it just capped after Slowly Shirley because it's it's like it's so amazing like that run. Um, yeah. And I would say that you know just you know I guess similar to what you were saying, Haz, but a, a little different is that mm -hmm. up to two and after 13 like. I think Jill gives us the perfect balance of like a little bit of spoken word, a little bit of singing, a little bit mm -hmm. of talking, a little bit of music. Like, I just think that it was just, it's just perfectly paced in such a way that like you never, you're never like, she's doing too much. You always want more. And then it goes, it goes to the next thing. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that 13 is just perfect. Mm -hmm. The the last highlight I want to discuss is Jill Scott herself as a as a personality, and mm. I think that this is at a time and music has always been about selling sex appeal, but definitely in the '90s, I mean, it's becoming paramount <laughs> that the sex appeal often outweighs the music, right? Yeah. And I think that you know Jill Scott was was obviously a larger woman. She was very pretty, 
Um, but she was a larger woman and to try to sell music in that space could have been kind of tricky. But the mm. other thing too is that Jill Scott was actually, I'd say a low key sex symbol, but I'm not even sure if it was low key. <laughs> she was very sexy. Right. And the, the thing about it is that like I was having a conversation with somebody about this. Um, I think we were talking about Lizzo. Mm. Lizzo was brought up in an example, but it was the idea that like a bigger woman um, being confident and secure in her sexuality, we're just talking about like what that looks like. And I think Lizzo was brought up as an example of almost someone who's kind of overcompensating. Yes. Yeah. Lizzo is telling us how sexy she is. And it's like, to me, that can come off as insecurity. I'm not saying she is insecure, but what I'm saying is like, it's kind of like, it's noticeable. It's It's like a little too, you shouldn't have to say it. Whereas like Jill Scott never actually said she was sexy. Jill Scott just said things that you could sense her sexiness. Like yeah. it felt so natural. It felt like, I don't like, it's hard to explain, but it's just, it's so relatable. And it's just so yeah. you're, you're giving me this like sex appeal without telling me that you're giving it to me. Yes. To me, that's just a highlight. Uh, it was dope <laughs> to see and it was dope to feel. I don't know. It was, it was just dope. That's yeah. all I can say about it. Agreed. I think her 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 sexiness is is understated, and um, right. I think you know in the same way that you'll have women that will tell you about how a man's confidence is sexy. I think her right. her just she she knows herself so well, like she mm -hmm. is so comfortable with who she is, yeah. and it comes through in a way that's very attractive. Not just the confidence, but also the vulnerability yeah. is a big piece as well. She's so vulnerable. I was gonna say I don't think I realized how vulnerable Jill Scott was until I saw her on the verses, and she mm. was actually telling stories about like the inspiration for certain songs, even just how she was interacting with Erica. Yeah. And you know, I've always her presence is felt obviously on her albums, but um, just that level of vulnerability just in her regular persona was, was very endearing to see. Yeah. Okay. So should we get into some, uh, some track to track highlights? Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, uh, you're the guest. Why don't you go first? You know what? Exclusively was dope. And I'm going to tell you why. I wasn't writing at the time. But the way that she was able to articulate, you know, she's vibing with her man. You know, they had a great morning. She about to make him some breakfast. Oop, let me run to the store. Mm, this morning, my man exclusively introduced me to some good extra loving. He was licking and sucking on everything just the way he should. This morning's extra loving was good. We lay there, sweaty, sex, funky, happy as we want to be, loving exclusively, my man and me, all night, all morning, so our stomachs are growling hungrily. So I jumped up and rushed to the store, in hopes of coming back and getting a little more this morning's good, extra loving. And then all of a sudden, that the way that she was able to articulate women's intuition kicking in, <laughs> Genius. Like, I loved it. I, I couldn't relate to it at the time, but I was like, that's dope. I'm going I'm to tuck that for later. So let me, let me, let me talk about this. Uh -oh. So <laughs> not only is this probably my favorite track on the album, Outside of It's Love, but like, this is one of the dopest poem songs like I've ever heard. Yo, we talked about on the Versus episode, mm -hmm. We talked about how like some some artists have records that can't be touched. And I think that had Jill Scott played this song, for me, it would have been hard 
for, like Erica Badu would have had to play one of her strongest joints, Didn't You Know or Tyrone to like Man. beat this song. That is how, that is the high, level of high regard huh. I have for this song. It is absolutely amazing. It is so brilliant. Like the way that she is just throwing out like kind of like random things, but like you you can visualize mm-hmm. literally everything the in it. The people were pushing and shoving, trying to be the next in line. The turn was mine. The new girl at the counter was cute. And the fact that you know she's talking about loving me exclusively and all this stuff, and the way she kind of puts her rhymes together, it almost distracts you because it's just like oh, it's like cute little poetry thing, cool, <laughs> but like. No, like you can, you can almost sense like the insecurity in the woman. Not as fine as me. Was this some kind of women's intuition, some kind of insecurity? Nah, cause my man is happy at home loving me exclusively. So I shook my head. What's up? Hello. She smiled. She hung me up. Cause she's again, she's overcompensating. She's mm-hmm. telling me, she's telling us just how much, like, how great her love is exclusively with with this one guy, and the other woman is just like the sniff, sniff, eggs, eggs, uh, butter, um, croissants. No, she says <laughs> croissant. Yeah. She didn't even say the R. She said the right. croissant. Orange juice, three twenty nine. Croissants, four eighty five. She sniffed. <laughs> Butter, 89 cents. She sniffed. Strawberries, $1.50 a pint. She sniffed and sniffed and sniffed and sniffed. Right, and again, then the sniff, sniff. And then replied. And, then, uh, and just to say his name, she's like, Raheem, Raheem right? Right, like. Right. And then perfect segue. Yo, it's, ah. Oh. I, I don't think I did it justice just <laughs> explaining but just how felt, much high reverence I have in this song. Yeah, yeah. But this this track is definitely like between this and it's love. This is my this is my favorite track on the album. It's amazing. It's so good. Um there's not enough positive things I can say about this track. <laughs> I have nothing to add. Y'all got it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh yes, I I am glad that that's the first highlight that you listed because uh, yeah, it's definitely my biggest highlight highlight on here. So uh, so go ahead. So some more some more track have highlights more fire. Highlights. So technically, what what was her actual single? Was it getting in the way? Um, it was. Oh, this says "Love Rain" was the first single, which I had no idea. What? Yeah. Huh. Then it says "Getting in the Way." I think getting so. In the my way was the first one, my yeah. first like introduction was a long walk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was just the vibe. And then I saw the actual video and it was, you know, partial black and white. She was in color. She, you know, her man is following her. I thought it was dope. Mm-hmm. That's right. where the, the visual kind of helped enhance that experience for me. So. So you talk about Long Walk. Yeah, Long okay, Walk. Okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Getting in the way was the one I remember seeing. And it's, it's just funny, man. Like, maybe it's just where I was. Like, it, it did not resonate with me. Like, I was really? just like. I was like, oh, yeah, this girl, she's going to fight this other girl. Okay, I don't care. You know, I mean, I'm just being honest. I think the thing for me about getting in the way that was so dope was that the video as well. Yeah, that was like, I I just like how she's walking down the street. And I think the video starts off like she's on the phone or something like that, right? Was that a two-part? Because I feel like I had the same visual. So so she she's walking down the street and she's so upset that like other people 
could see her walking and they know it's on. Mm -hmm. They know it's on, so they start to follow to, to, to see the drama. And of course, at the end of the video, like they don't have any fight. They just exchange words or whatever. But I don't know, getting in the way was definitely a highlight for me. Yeah. Um, just because, I, I don't know, like even hearing Jill Scott talk about this song, she's like, that's where I was. Like I felt yeah. this, like that, like it made it seem like it's a true story. And it, to me, like it, it does feel true, you know? So yeah. getting in the way, I don't she know. It it, it, yeah. It, Maybe it didn't resonate for you. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how well it resonated for me, just because you know this is not a, a perspective I can speak from. Yeah. But it was definitely a, a track that I enjoyed. It's definitely a highlight for me. I was gonna say it's not relatable content for me, but I <laughs> I love that she was able to tell that story. I thought that was dope. Yeah, so. I mean, I just you know for that to be my introduction to this artist, right? It's like my first introduction to this artist. Um, and, you know, I, this is so many years later now we're talking about it, right. but I'm talking about, you know, in 2000 or 99 or whenever this was a single, uh, I, I remember hearing, seeing that and just being like, okay. And then the next time I saw her was Golden and I was like, eh, okay, you know what I mean? So that's the reason uh, why, like, I didn't really engage until later on down the line. That's, that's unfortunate, I have yeah. to say, because when Golden came out, that was a song that I was disappointed in mm -hmm. because I had such high regard for jill scott and so, so then for the next single to be this kind of like commercial simple not very <laughs> nuanced single is golden it's just like i was not feeling it at all and at that point it actually took a while for jill scott to come back into my good graces mm. but uh Damn. that that yo, it was that bad I, wow look I, when we did the verses when we did the yeah. verses recap i was waiting for her to play is golden so that i could give it an, an automatic l <laughs> badu could have played her worst song and i still would have given it to badu <laughs> over over jill scott's is golden i do not like that song Haas, what good. do you think about this song yeah about golden. golden i mean it was it was cool but i was already locked into her as an artist yeah. so i wasn't really interested in what her commercial releases right. were i was right. i was searching for those hidden gems so gotcha. it, was, it was you know i shrugged yeah. it off it's interesting though i mean i will give to them right like in this time frame especially right because let's 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 think back to what r&b music was in 2000 right like it was a drop top me and my girl every song was like i got this car i got this 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 chain this watch you know what i mean like it was like right, right. so commercial that like if you're hidden beach recordings and you have jill scott and that's your artist like your task is to create something that people are going to be able to latch onto. Um, mm -hmm. And so they almost have to position their artist as the as the antithesis to that, right? So, I mean, with that in mind, you know, if if Mary was was the example of of what was what was popping when when Golden was out, you know, um, let's get it crunk in this dancery was was popping, right? Then iteration, like, Golden is like I guess supposed to be like the positive, you know, like antithesis to a record like that. So I get it, right. I get what they were trying to do. For me, getting in the way just wouldn't be the record, especially where I was in two thousand. That would make me go, let me hear more from this artist. Well, so a long walk. You had briefly mentioned that was another single oh that came God. out after this, and that, that song was is amazing. I, that's a, that's a huge highlight for everybody. Yeah. Hell yeah! Why don't y'all talk a little bit more about that? Well, yeah, go ahead. Give us your thoughts on that on the long walk. I don't even have thoughts. Like, like there's there's some <laughs> it's a feeling shit that's so amazing that it's just it's just amazing, right? Like it's like it's a song that just from the vibe, from just like the way when just when it drops, you're like you're you're just encapsulated. It's like you're hypnotized. And you just 
you just <laughs> you just hear the rest of the song. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's just an amazing song. Yeah, it's know. like it's the essence of a vibe before we were saying calling things a vibe, actively right. calling them a vibe. Like that's exactly what that was. Yeah. I remember Panama has some thoughts on this. I don't remember where I don't know if he was on this or we were just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. But he was telling me that you know, this single dropped when he was in college at right. Morehouse. Right. And so you had the whole Morehouse Spellman. You had that whole Clark Atlanta vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that this was the one that everybody was talking about. And like, they would literally, you know, just go out, take walks, jam to the song. At least I think so. <laughs> Maybe I'm putting words in his mouth. But yeah. I just remember that this, this was a jam for everybody. Yeah. Um, definitely a jam for me. Probably not as much as like something like It's Love. But yeah, definitely mm-hmm. a long walk. Um, and I like that that video too because that's a first person perspective, is it mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. Like the camera mm-hmm. is coming from the point of view of the man, and he's going up to approach her yeah. when she's on the patio with her friends, mm-hmm. and she gets all giddy, and they get all giddy, and she just oh <laughs> stop stop you know. But then it's just like that vibe, and she's got that like yeah. that just energy, that sexy smile, just her eyes, yeah, her like, smile. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, you know we talked, or you I guess outlaw talked a bit about like kind of this, you know, poetry slam type of environment. And I think, you know, like a lot of these joints versus um, New York and Cafe in in, in Puerto Rico, Mm. like a lot of these places try to create like a certain vibe where you just got the band and they might just jam out. And like, that's the vibe that you get from, you know, just the the music before Mm. she even says anything. And so I think, Honestly, and this is no knock to her, she literally could have said anything on this shit and I would have been like, fire. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> this is absolutely a staple in the, the spoken word like space, especially yeah. if you had a, if you went to like a versus. Right, right, right. The band knew it, like they had to. It was in the arsenal. Yeah. So at this point, it seems like we're pretty much just going track for track. So we could just <laughs> go down the list. So um, it's, I think it's better. Is this a big highlight for you? Just kind of, I'm kind of neutral about it. I mean, it was just a quick that's little fine. interlude kind of. Yeah, interlude. That, I mean, that's, I spoke about that before. I just thought they were perfect transitions. Into it was perfect. Song. It was perfect. It was like, and again, right? Because I'm, I was not like big spoken word dude or anything like that, but it was just the perfect transition into what I think is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard, which is the next So why, why don't you tell, <laughs> tell us about this most beautiful song you've ever heard? Man, I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> I'm about to take us on a crazy tangent, but it's fine. He's he's Um, talking about he loves me, Lizel, and he. Right, Um, but you know, Jason Derulo, right? I've I've mentioned this individual as to me, if like you had to take the word corny and personify it, like it would be (laughs) Jason Derulo, right? Like he's everything that like, and I I mean, I'm not a woman, I'm 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 a heterosexual man, I'm not attracted to to men at all, but like if. If I had to like be like, wow, like that's a that's somebody who like is handsome, but they're just so corny that I could never get down with them. It would be Jason Derulo. Um, but you know, I was talking to somebody about you know just Jason Derulo. Supposedly, he makes seventy five thousand dollars every time he posts a TikTok. Shout out to him. Oh, he and said his- he makes more. He said what? He said he said he makes more than that. Okay. Shout out to him and his bank okay. account. That, that for me, that's not like really a metric of like, oh my god, I like that person or whatever. But that, but that's what's up for the people that are. But um, you know, the person who I was having the conversation with was talking about how like. Jason Derulo is classically trained in, you know, multiple different types of singing and that he has like I think a, I have heard that. He has yeah. like a and like an incredible, you know, like voice. He can do like a lot of amazing things. And they were talking about how like people like myself would have more respect for him, you know, like if he kind of flexed those things. And it made me really think about the fact that like, you know, it's it's kind of difficult to create 
pop music, like popular music that a lot of people can gravitate to and like put all of those nuances and those those, you know, talents and, and musical influences into a package that everybody can like. We talked about how and again, I feel like we beat up on this this artist too much and I'm not trying to beat up on this artist, but but Drake and how everybody loves Drake, but his music is kind of like mayonnaise, right? Like it's like you can't. Yeah. You don't not like it, but it's not your favorite thing. Like if you if you have discerning taste, you're not gonna be like, I love mayonnaise. But at the same time, right. you're not gonna be like, mayonnaise is trash. It's it's fine. It's, it's just there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's kind of yeah. what you have to create to be that popular. Yes. Um, and so you know, to take it all the way back to to this Joe Scott record, right? Like, this is a record that has musical influences that are outside of R&B and hip hop and mm -hmm. whatever else is here. Yeah. Um, and it's just done in such an amazing way that I, who, you know, I don't have like an operatic background, like my tastes are a little diverse, but not crazy. Like I can understand and appreciate and love this and know that it's not like everything else that's out here. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I just think it's amazing. I don't even know how to follow that. I'm like, not sure if I do either. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I do agree. I mean, there's so much technicality in, in her vocal execution, but you still feel everything in this song. Like, I wanted a Lizelle and Eve. I wanted somebody <laughs> who made me want to sing this song to and about and whatever, like all the things. That's how dope that song is. Yeah. I don't have much to add. Mm. It's obviously an incredible song. It's an amazing piece of music. Mm. Um, it's timeless. The only thing I can add is that I think the name itself is really kind of dope. Like a person's name yeah. in the chord of a of a musical note is that's like real. that's just hot. That's, that's just fire. Mm -hmm. that's, that's that's about the only thing I I had to add. But yeah, yeah. for yeah. me, and again, everybody's got their thing, but for me, this is the peak of this album. Like, okay. and it's great that it falls right in the middle of that thirteen track run because it's just mm -hmm. like. When I get to this peak, I've hit the highest of highs, and then it's just like, what, what else? What else are you gonna give me? Like, I, wow. I don't think you're wrong for that. Um, <laughs> this is not a song. Like, this is not my favorite song in her catalog, mm -hmm. but I still recognize that this is probably her best song, probably. Mm -hmm. And um, I, yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. I think that many people would probably agree that between this and Long Walk, like these, are, these are the two best songs on the on the album. Right. So, um, but this one, just from the the vocal technicality and the musical technicality, right. it's just like does even more than a long walk does and so. i mean to go back to what you initially said right where i was like nobody's like yo jill scott's vocals she's gonna blow me away oh my god like this is the song where you're like yeah this is the track you're like hey yeah. she could sing though here yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right so next time this gets into it's love and we don't have to go to get into it too much because i, I spoke about it at the on at the outset of the episode right. but um Obviously, this was my introduction into Joe Scott. I love this record. I love the go-go vibe. It's still something that I still put on at the cookout. I still put it in mixes. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I love this record. I was disappointed she didn't play the versus battle. I get it, but she could have done it and said, yo, this one is for all my fam in DC. And I would have given her that round, even if she played Tyrone. Uh -huh. Well, maybe not. I she played Tyrone, say, really? but maybe not. But if she played, didn't she know? I might have had to think about it. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I love this record. It's love. It means a lot to me. So I just, I love it. Highs. You know, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not. I, I never went off on it's love, but it was definitely a high energy. You don't. Cookout you don't joint. want it on your black eyed peas. You don't want it in your. I mean, listen. Peas. It's fun to sing along, but it wasn't like <laughs> yo. I got to add this in the rotation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I was a DC cat, like from from DC, because because even not being from DC, but spending time there, like 
yeah. when Rich Harrison had his run, like I was like, oh shit, DC's killing. You know what I mean? So just to celebrate mm-hmm. like that area, like I feel like this song celebrates that area just with the with the the percussion. Um, but uh, the only other thing I'll say about this record is, uh, and I don't know if you, either of y'all have had a chance to, but if you haven't, it's really worth your time. Like, go back, check out Quest Love Supreme. Uh, it's a two part episode, the Jill Scott episode. But it's mm-hmm. hilarious because they recorded the episode like a week prior to her versus battle. And right. so, like, they're all friends of, of Jill, obviously, right? She came up with Quest yeah. Love. So, like, yeah. and so, like, they're, like, basically, like, her cut man. Like, they're in her corner, like, yo, this is what you got to play to knock Erica out. You know, and she's just like, <laughs> she's like, nah, you know, I got a lot of respect for her. I got to love her. They're like, yeah, all right, all that's cool and shit, but you got to win. Like, like you got to win. This is what you got to play. This is how you got to do it. And uh, I think Fonte said something about, like, he's like, look, 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 okay, there's a few, a few bags that Erica's going to go in. But pretty much anything from that first shit, you just play, just play that shit. It's going to end the round. Like, they were hilarious. And like you know, of course, Jill's trying to be super coy about it or whatever. Did, did they mention this track though in that they, episode? They did mention this track. I think they mentioned like half of this album because you know they're like, yeah, oh yeah, like she played half of this album. Yeah, facts. Yeah. So, but this is gonna go into the way, and this is another one that she had a video for. Yep. Oh, okay, Haas, you, you got some thoughts. Listen, the way the way is just that's one of my absolute highlights on this album. For sure. It's it's just again her ability to tell these stories mm-hmm. about whoever this is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then but you're also able to relate and you can visualize everything that she's saying. And then mm-hmm. when you get to the grits part, I'm not I'll spare you all the vocals. <laughs> like you like it's what? Who sings grits like that? Like, <laughs> come on. She um oh, right. she had the video for this one as well. And yeah. that was a really cool video. Yeah. Uh Yinka, your your uh, thoughts on this track? So if I had to choose a record that reminds me of this time the most on this mm-hmm. album, it would be this one, right? Like this yeah, I think this so. song almost it almost sounds like what Neo Soul R and B sounded like in two thousand. I agree. Um yeah. and the thing I remember the most about this is my my little brother, like he used to say, Toast to Scrambled. <laughs> all the time like that was his little joke so every time i hear this song song i can't like not unhear my little brother say, say, saying that all the time but uh yeah um honey molasses we get this uh oh go ahead. oh hi listen <laughs> you know i i feel like a lot of music around that time it was like i have no business really <laughs> listening to this yeah like College me, adult me was like, yes, this is this is going into the repertoire. But I, ha- I, I it was a guilty pleasure. Like I knew I had no business yeah. listening to her talking about some honey molasses, but she sang it so seductively. Facts. The way this track song, uh, the way this song starts off with the with the drums and then just her vocal on that is just oh, and the way that they they equalize this as well. So this is a really really beautifully mixed record. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could, do you have any uh, any thoughts on that? I, I really, really like this song. And I would say that, um, again, right, to say that The Way is the song that just kind of sounded like that era, I think it's mm-hmm. good to go into Honey Molasses because it, it kind of takes you away from the sound that is kind of such a homogenous sound. It like gives you something that's so different. It's like a palate cleanser. Mm. I think one thing that I also liked about this track and just about Jill in general is her, the way she articulates her vulnerability and mm. want and desire for, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, like there's no shame in, listen, I waited for you to call, but you chose not to call me. Like, mm, right. like I'm gonna tell you, I'm feeling away. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you what you did. 
And then hopefully me singing this is gonna bring you back. But if not, I'm just you know. This is the one with the the, the voice the voicemail at the end, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that how it's not even a voicemail; it's a voice message, right? No, what was <laughs> what did it used to be called? Um, Maybe right. it was called just an answering machine no, message. Answer answering machine, machine. Yes. An answering yes. machine. Right. Yeah. I don't think they called it a voicemail. I think it was an answering machine. <laughs> answering it was answering machine. And because uh, he picks up at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So for for all the young folks, yeah, there were times <laughs> when we used to have these things called uh, <laughs> answering machines, and you would, when a person actually called the house, they'd leave the message, and you can actually hear it yeah. in the in the answering machine, like. You didn't have to pick up the phone. Like there was a hear. tape and you would record it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, this she definitely <laughs> dated herself with that interlude. But, um, yeah. Wow. But no, no, no. It's dope because the vulnerability, like you said, that she expresses in that message is like, she, it's like two minutes. <laughs> and half the time she's not even saying anything, but she's just, ah, ah. Yeah. And like, she can't express it. And like, you, you understand what she's saying, even right. though she can't even express right. half of how she's saying. But anyway, yeah. That was a that was a dope little addition there, super which, dope. Uh, love which rain. goes into love rain, and you highlighted this during the versus battle because she plays the the version with most depth, which I actually kind of grow a little bit tiresome of. And you had said that the love rain the the album version, this version is better. I and love it. I don't think at the time I agreed with that, but I listen to it now, and yeah, this yeah. is better than the most that version. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I appreciated most being featured on it, yeah. but love rain was fine by itself. I yeah. I think album. I agree. Yeah, Agreed. this is a song that I slept on back in the day. And I'll be honest, maybe it's also because of the way it's ordered. Mm -hmm. But by the time I hear the most deaf version, I'm like, right. she said that already. Like, I'm yeah. cool. You right. know what I mean? Like, just that the whole, the whole, like, <gasps> like, you know, about, about what she's saying on the record. Mm -hmm. The first time you hear it, you have that feeling. It's like, oh, shit, did she just say that? But then yeah. by the time you hear it again, you're like, all right, <laughs> thanks, most. <laughs> so. Um, not sure if there's much much else to add to it, but yeah, this is uh, another another good spoken word on here as well. Um, good instrumentation. So, but that leads into the uh, the interlude, and this is the first time I guess anyone got a voice of a sound of Jill Scott, right? When they were performing at at some concert, some show in Philly, and they bring her out to yeah. do the um, the uh, oh, the joint with Badu on it. What is it? You got me. The you got me. She mm -hmm. does that, and then this is the part that they lead into this afterwards, and so they put it on this album. Um, yeah, so it's a nice little, nice little interlude. I thought it was yeah. interesting that they didn't use that as the initial, like mm. I thought that would have been the Jill Tro versus yeah. you know what she presented as the Jill Tro. That's a good point. It might have been a better intro, but at the same time, like the Jill Tro, like so. First of all, I don't think as highly of the Jill Tro as as y'all do. Like I just, okay. I just thought it was okay, but at the same time. What I do think it did is it really set the stage for the do you remember where it was almost like it was almost like I was I was going through somebody's yearbook or something. Right. Like it was like yeah. she's kind of like just telling me it, it, it felt like I, I'm just hanging out with somebody and they're just kind of telling me about their life a little bit. So by the time I got to do you remember, you know, it, it kind of set a stage, a tone that was a very like take off your formal you came to listen to an album hat and just hang out with me type of a deal. And I think if the Roots intro was the intro, I would have been coming into it like, oh shit, this is the girl from the You Got Me, all right. Mm. What, what's her album about to be about? What's she gonna say? You know what I mean? That's a good point, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but th this joint, um, there was a story that I'm not gonna tell because I'm not gonna do it any justice on the Questlove Supreme podcast, 
where they talked about you know that original um, performance that they they captured here. Um, I think it was something about like uh, uh, Erica was late. I think she told the story again at, at yeah. verses, right? Um, and she was nervous. Erica was running late, and so um, the Roots actually weren't supposed to do this. But they just called Jill on stage and, and had Jill do Erica's part, the You Got Me uh, performance, because Erica was in traffic or whatever. But uh, yeah, interesting story as well. I mean, I definitely replaced Jill's name with mine and saying <laughs> the, the Roots uh, interlude. That's how dope that is. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm I have trying enough. To... I have enough letters in my name. A-Z-M-I-N-A. I-A. And then you got to drag the A out. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so um, yeah, yeah. then we have, I guess, the last track in this brilliant run, which would be uh, Slowly Shorely. Oh, so good. And uh, this is a song that when I was listening to it in the verses, it kind of, um, I kind of get a little tired of it towards mm -hmm. the end. It's because it's just, it's just like a, a repeat. It just, mm -hmm. it's still a great song though. It's, a, yeah. it's, um, it's a good cap to that run. Um, it's yeah. definitely not a low light. But it's not one of my favorites in this. But uh, I definitely remember it, enjoying it a lot more at the time than I do now. I still like it a lot, though. Yeah. But you guys have some thoughts, I'm sure. Yeah. So Slowly Surely is what I was referencing, where I was like, I really wish. I'm curious what this would sound like as a complete, like a whole song. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's it's perfect as an interlude, but I, I always wanted just a little bit more every time I listen to it. Interesting. Okay. Really? Because uh, it's a it's, it's a long track. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's long when she doesn't seconds. have like actual like verses. It's just a lot of repetition mm. and, and vibing. Yeah. See, okay, yeah. and that's that was my point. That <laughs> it's it's like a repeat, it's like the same over and over mm. and over. Like yeah. a long walk, right? A long walk is probably just as long. But like the way that the bridge and the chorus kind of like go into each other, it's yeah. almost like it's like repeats, but you don't even really notice it. On yeah. here, it's like it's jarring. But for, I think also for me in this song, it's what she was saying, separate of slowly, surely. So mm. it's, you know, she's talking about what she's trying to get away from, self-serving, undeserving, constant. Right. You know, mm. like it's, you thought she was about to go into something. <laughs> and yeah. then it's like, no, we just gonna get into this slowly, surely. Yeah. I think y'all are, y'all are, are, are alley-ooping the point that I was about to make, which is okay, like, which is that, right? Like by the time we get to the end of the four minutes and 35 seconds of slowly, surely, we're kind of like what else and then the what oh, else yeah. is one is the magic number and you're just like wait we we're, we're in mexico now like wait, okay what, what so i'm not crazy so you got all right cool, <laughs> you cool. know all right cool as i'm as i'm looking at the track list like it totally could have stopped as slowly surely <laughs> and all the other ones could have been hidden from me like they just could have been lost tracks for me so yeah right, well do, do we even need to get into the other ones we got watching me we spoke a little bit about that brother show me I think just uh, you, you, we talked about this on verses, and we talked about it again at the at the beginning. But I think watching me, like the the subject matter of watching me, is just mm -hmm. so relevant today. It's almost like yeah. uh, what was the name of the record? Synthesizer. That Synth we talked I was about just on, about to say Cremini, that. Just right? about to say that. Yeah, yes. where it's like a record that like you got it, at, you got it back then, and you're like, yeah, but then like you hear it again now, and you're like, wow, yeah. this is exactly where we are today. So it was it was kind of ahead of its time where it had great foresight. I would I would say so. Yeah. I mean it's even Synthesizer is not a song that I enjoyed back in the day and I listen to it now and it's amazing. Um watching me it's not a song that I really paid attention to back then. Yeah. I just kind of listened to it. Um I still liked it but it was like whatever. But now like yeah, it just makes way it just makes so much more sense. So yeah, ahead of its time for sure. Yeah. 
Um, brother, show me any uh, any thoughts on these records. I like brother a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I show me is cool. Yeah. I don't know. That's mine. Yeah, I, I feel the same. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, any other uh, closing thoughts on this uh, this debut album from uh, from Jill Scott's? Any other musings? I got a question for y'all. Yes, please. Do, do do I? Because I think both of y'all are probably more well versed with Jill Scott's catalog than I than I am. Mm-hmm. I would it, say Hasmenia. Is. is there another? album in Jill's catalog that compares to the level of this album. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I would I think I would say Light of the Sun. Okay. Yeah. Light of I the think sun. Light of I think Light of the Sun is comparable. I liked her album uh what was it? Who's Jill's got the second one. Yeah. Um that was cool, but that was more of me being in my like poetry spoken word bag. Not that right. she was actually doing that, but okay. um yeah the light of the sun she returned to poetry. She returned to dope, like, musical arrangements. Yeah. She, you know, returned to her, you know, amazing storytelling. Okay. Um, and not, you know, not to, you know, poo on the other um, pieces, like, in between the right. first one and that one. Right. But that one was another one that just kind of, like, resonated and hit hard and was, was very applicable. So maybe that's why it stuck with me a little more. Okay. And I never purchased another Jill Scott album after mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Um, because like I said, it, it actually took a while for her to get back into my good graces. <laughs> so unfortunate. Look, that, <laughs> that is golden. Because my thing was when I heard is golden, I think I listened to that album and I wasn't impressed. And I was like, well, she's washed. She's done. Like, so I don't Damn. really, I don't really care. <laughs> Yo, all and, it takes is one song for somebody wow. to be washed for you. So I just looked at the track listing. Mm-hmm. For the second album, Beautifully Human, yeah. I think you need to revisit, friends. Maybe I'll revisit it. I think it. you need yeah. to. I just, I, look, it's it's fine. I think this was at a time when I was starting to kind of get like over Neo Soul in general. So I just want to let like all said, the listeners yeah. know who haven't heard it yet that Haas basically just gave Outlaw a homework assignment. And so yeah. we're going <laughs> to hold him to that. He's going to listen to volume two. And mm-hmm. we will, we were, we're going to have a retro retrospective. Where we talk about whether or not that joint was worth him just banishing one of the greatest yeah, artists of a genre. No, 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 no. no, no. Golden, Golden wasn't even like it. It's not on that this she got album. banished. I just stopped like but I can, caring. I, can, like, I stopped paying attention to it. Does I, that make sense? I can understand how that that was that turned you off. I mean, because the other thing too, I was like, yo, the, the first one is so dope. Like, why do I need anything else? Nah, this is it was a great evolution. Okay. But I still stick to my answer of Light of the Sun, I think was when I was like, yes, chill. Yeah. And I think that the one before that has Crown Royal on it, right? Yeah. That's such a good song. <laughs> All right. Um, any other any other closing thoughts here? My closing thought is just that um that this album was, you know, kind of permeated our culture in such a way that, you know, twenty years later. I had never really heard the album and had heard the album. Like, I pretty mm. much heard all those first 13 songs a lot of times. But, really? you know, and, and, and had never actually sat down to try to hear the album. So that, I mean, I think that just kind of is a testament to how important this piece of music was. Yeah, I, I'd just say that I'm super appreciative that this work was created. Um, as a creative and as someone who started to write shortly after this album, it definitely helped inspire some things. So, I mean, from this album alone, she has Getting in the Way, A Long Walk, He Loves Me, The Way, I think, Honey Molasses, um, Slowly, Surely, and The Hidden Track with Most Death. All those she did on the verses. 
all those just from this. What was yeah. that six, seven songs I just listed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and she could have done more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She didn't do Do You Remember, didn't do Exclusively, didn't do It's Love. Like, there was other records she could have put on there as well. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm really glad that, um, I'm really glad that this came out. I'm glad that, you know, even though I think the Neo Soul, a lot of the artists that started to come out, I'm not going to say their names. We know who they are. It's all good. Um, their music just kind of started to sound the same to me. That's one of the reasons why I love Erica so much and why I don't consider her a neo-soul artist because I've always thought that she was someone who just kind of like evolved musically. Hmm. Just where I think that when she made Mama's Gun, it just so happened to be at the same point as Neil Soul. <laughs> but like she didn't really start there. Maybe kind of. She didn't end up there. So I'm like, she's just her own Badu yeah. genre. I don't, I don't think I agreed with you. I know, initially. I know, we had this agreement. And I can, I can walk that back. I can see it now. I agree. Oh, you agree now? You I agree then. now. No, I see it. Okay, no, no, right. I think, I think that was one of our heavy. Oh yes, we did. Yeah, we definitely got into debates this. on Erica BS. I, I totally, you, you had it. You, I think, you got it. I think that Neo Soul was a, was a musical gumbo. And yeah. you know the, the, the kind of backbone actually of Neo Soul was Questlove and, and Dilla. And yeah. the fact that they're so heavily involved in Mama's Gun makes it, by definition, a neo soul album. But I didn't consider, I don't consider her a neo soul artist. I think the Mama's Gun is. I don't consider her a neo soul artist. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. So, all right. So I think that should wrap it up for our 20 year tribute for Jill Scott's album. Thank, Thank you for, for having us, me. Yes. Yeah. The only other thing I want to say is because of the fact of when this is coming out, there were some comments that were made about about Jill Scott in, in, in public. And I just want to let y'all know that we really weren't using our platform to, to even talk about that because it was so stupid yeah. that we just going to keep it moving. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't remember these comments, but okay. Well, Are you want to talk about it on here? Yeah, I think, well, I think that it actually does tie into what you were saying okay. before. What, what so comments? some young Negro and uh, NFL player basically came on Twitter and I guess had like a, a short rant about how um, he doesn't Which understand why people for. think that Jill Scott is sexy. Anybody oh. who thinks that Jill Scott is sexy, come out and tell me why. Like, I mean, you know, like that type of a deal. But um, I mean, he was he was very quickly and swiftly taken to task by the entire black Twitter. So yeah. it's like they handled it, you know. By the time I by the yeah. time I read about it, I was like, oh, I don't even need to talk about this. I mean, it was very, it was very. Nobody asked him. Right. Um, it was a silly conversation to even have in the first place. And yeah, I mean, I've already you, I've already stated my take on <laughs> which her sex I, appeal. So. I thought you knew about it. No, so I didn't. Know, I didn't so know about that at all. That, yeah. 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 So I mean, it was. I actually thought you knew about it, and maybe that was no, why you were uh-uh. you were commenting as well. But uh. Yeah, it's just funny. Like now, he's come out with a like a public statement. Like his his publicist or or whoever has written a whole statement about how he shouldn't have said what he said or whatever. But yeah, these these new niggas, man. I don't know. They just different. <laughs> it's, you know what though? Just as a quick tangent, I, without Twitter, does this, does this even happen? I mean, I think that mm. man, we 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 spoken about this. How yeah. people say ignorant things and other people hear these ignorant things and it just like retweeted like a friend of mine said that um she tweeted something about the black as fuck tv show Mm -hmm. and i think she tweeted something along the lines of like she doesn't remember exactly what it was but it was something like people were not liking the show they they said that this is not black as fuck and Mm -hmm. she she said something like are you saying it's not black as fuck because it's not in the same lane of like love and hip-hop and Mm -hmm. this that and the other Mm -hmm. and she 
it wasn't meant to be taken seriously, but mm-hmm. one of the producers of the show saw it and retweeted it. And all of a sudden, oh she got like a lot of, like she was one of those people oh, where people no. were calling her out. Some people were agreeing with her, but then people were calling her out for some ignorant mess. It's like, yo, that wasn't even my intention, right? But uh-huh. but here's the thing. You take a person who quoted something that maybe wasn't well articulated and didn't mean to be, um, didn't mean to be a troll. And then you, like to see how that would blow up. It's very easy to see how someone who's trying to be a troll could say something ignorant mm-hmm. and have that blow up even more. But actually, and then, the piece of the puzzle yeah. that I find most interesting about your story, right, is that, you know, the, the producers of the actual show are the ones that retweeted it, right? Because right. we're now at a place where- It was like, a writer, director, you, yeah, or something like that. All, yeah. all, all media is good media. All attention is good attention. Right. So if you say some wild shit about it and it's gonna go viral, like, let's do it. And so- Honestly, if I, if if it weren't Jill Scott, if it was another artist, and and they and that this football dude said what he said, I would have said, how much did that artist pay him to yeah, say that ridiculous yeah. shit? Because Fair. the twenty year anniversary is coming out, maybe they're gonna put a box set out or something. They're trying to promote it. Like that's just where we're at with this echo chamber of of social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know she responded or acknowledged it? I hope Just not. Just did? No, I don't oh, think she I hope did. not. I don't she doesn't know. need to. She I don't really think doesn't. she did. I think, no. I think they killed my man so bad that he had to he had to go back to the watershed. I heard he's he's like closed down some I of mean, his social medias and he put out a pu- public statement. So Anyone who can listen to Crown Royal and not think that the person who wrote that song <laughs> is sexy, like you're just not wired correctly. Like you just don't understand what sexiness is i think it was you know, and i'm not even talking about her ch- attractiveness which i do think she's pretty like that yeah. i'm not even talking about that i'm just whatever but yeah, i think one is. of the dope things that we did get about it was you know just this like love fest for jill scott like in the last yeah. 24 hours yeah. or whatever it's just been just the whole timeline is just love fest for for, for jill so i mean no, that's she, a she deserves thing. it she deserves it so all right well i think that that should wrap it up yeah, for this episode. So stay tuned. We might do the uh, the Mama's Gun. I think that's a November release, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Ooh. So you you might be hearing from Hasmina again. I hope so. Um, <laughs> in the immediate timeline, we're gonna try to do a uh, a make it a classic for Bones album, uh, the East Ninety Nine. This is gonna Eternal. be fun. We yes. also have a 25 year tribute for Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links. Is the yeah, big yeah. one for for Yinka. Um, maybe we'll get Carlos. Maybe not. We'll see. And then we're gonna do. Uh, we're going to be talking about Yinka's favorite MC of all time, Big L. Oh. The big picture comes out August uh, 2000. And so we're going to yeah. be doing a Make It a Classic for that as well. So we got a lot coming up in the pipeline. Stay tuned. Um, if you have an episode or an album that you'd want us to review, please reach out to us. We've been trying to, to respond to those. Um, yeah, Yinka, you have anything else to add to that? Nah, you pretty much well covered it. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks to Haas for being our guest today. Peace. Again, thanks for having me. Peace. You're here. I'm pleased. I really dig your company. Your style, your smile, your peace mentality. Lord, have mercy on me. I was blind, now I can see what I came supposed to be. Baby, I feel free. Come on and go with me. Let's take a long walk. Around the park after dark, find a spot, us to spark conversation, verbal elation, stimulation, share our situation, temptation, education, relaxation, elevation. Maybe we could talk about Sora 3118. Your 
it ain't squeaky clean shit Sometimes we all got to swim upstream You ain't no saint, we all a sinner But you put your good foot down and make your soul the winner I respect that, man you're so fat And you're all that, plus supreme Then you're home